Welcome to What in the Shoot by Podcast with Sujia and Ed. We're just two Asian Americans talking shit about shit. Mm-hmm. Hi, Ed. How are you? Good. It how, was, you know, the hurricane. I mean, what? In quotes. It, it wasn't for me, I'll yeah. be honest. Actually, maybe take away the quotes because it, it was rough for some. It was a tropical storm. Yeah, once it hit ground. So we're in Los Angeles, California. In case any of you don't know, there was a hurricane that hit Mexico and went through Mexico. And then by the time it reached us, we thought it was gonna still either be somewhat of a hurricane, like just a downgraded hurricane or transfer into a tropical storm, which is what ended up happening. And it was dramatic. The buildup was dramatic. Yeah, yeah, the news right? was very dramatic. God, the My news. phone was so dramatic. My phone was like, you're gonna die, bitch. <laughs> you're drowning. There's Literally no on Sunday, three times, the alert thing went up. Right. Right. And Sorry. It, it, there was so much mixed messaging or like the the messaging was so divergent. Like some people were like, listen, you're all gonna die. <laughs> you will not survive this storm. Yeah. There's gonna be 19 feet of water and down power poles and all kinds of shit. And I was like, oh my God, that's scary. And then the other side of things were like, it's gonna get downgraded. It's not gonna be that big of a deal. So you have to find out like where you wanna be on that spectrum. Yeah, yeah. And like, I didn't know. This was like the the first time in like 80 something years that a storm of this magnitude was gonna hit Southern California. Supposedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And in that one, I think lots of people died and it was really dramatic. So I'm like, oh shit, I'm scared. I'm really scared. So I did what you're supposed to do. Prepare. Prepare. Yeah, just in case. Shit ton of water. Same. Batteries flashlights, charged everything that could be charged, got water and food, went to the market, called my parents. I was like, we're gonna drive over some water to your house. And my dad's like- Drive over some water. <laughs> my dad was like, we have water. I'm like, but dad, you don't know. It could be days before anybody finds you. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. You know, he's like, if it makes you feel better, you can bring us water. And, it was, and then it just rained a little bit. At my house. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think some places they supposedly yes. Dodger Stadium got flooded, which is confusing because yes. like I live a little over a mile from that, Dodger yeah, Stadium. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, and we like got rain. So like the part that I saw was people freaking out. But when I looked at the details, I was like, tropical storm, hurricane, okay, that's scary. I was like, predicted rainfall, three to three five inches. inches. Right. I was like, what? And then right. I was like, okay, okay. So like the winds, I was like, 20 to 30 mile per hour winds. I was like, I'm so confused right now. Right. Well, I don't in like I don't really know what that looks like or what that yeah, is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Right, I was like, you know what? I must just be not as so smart as I thought. I, I equate it to like driving a car. If I got hit by a car that was going 30 miles an hour, I'd be fucked up. Yeah. So I was like, okay, so that seems really fast. Right? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's fair. But I'd be fucked up at a car hit me going five miles an hour. Yeah, that's, I was like, that's, that's it, that's confusing, right? Yeah. That, that's not equivalent. Cause like in my head, I was like, I swear our normal, normal rains, cause you know, right. in LA we get downpours. Like it doesn't rain yeah. for six months. It just dumps. And, and then, then we'll gone. get like six months of rain in one day. Right. And I'm like, I swear those have been like six to seven inches. Right. I was like, and I swear we've had like 60 to 70 mile per hour winds, but I was like, maybe my, Rain is just uh, like getting foggy. I think, I don't think, I don't, I don't know. I think it's just, we don't, we're so unaccustomed to it. We don't know how to gauge yeah. it. But then you see, I saw places like Palm Springs flooded. Flooded. So much flooding. Vegas, yep. so much flooding. You know, the Inland Empire, like so many pockets that are not, for what the size of the storm they said it was, it was like, I don't know, what'd they say? Like <laughs> 600 miles, six miles. Yeah. I don't even know. 
I think it was only intense storm. like near the eye. I guess, but they I said heard. it like was coming right up past LA, like just shade by, like that much. If you looked at the forecast weather maps or whatever they're called, right. like you could see that it like just was like grazed us. Yeah, right. Like shoulder bumped so into I'm LA. Thinking like, oh, but that's still really close to the the center, so that's going to be really bad. And listen, I am by no means wishing that it had been worse. No. But if you hadn't told me that it was a hurricane or a tropical storm from where I live, I live, you know, in LA, I, I would have never known. I would have never known that it was a tropical storm. I would have been like, well, that was weird that it just rained out of nowhere in August for a day. Yeah. But anyway, like I closed my work. I canceled all my appointments. I was like, I'm gonna get stuck. I won't be able to drive on the freeway. And then I'll just, I, I you know, so I didn't know what to do. And I. I didn't have to do any of it. I feel like it was one of those things where like they purposefully were a little over exaggerative with it yeah. because of the couple areas where it was going to be bad right. and they wanted to make sure those people were taking it seriously. But in order to make those people take it seriously- We all had to take it yeah, seriously. Yeah, we all had to take and it seriously. I, in, in retrospect, like I said, you know, it's better to, you know, prepare for the yes. worst and hope for the best, which is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I saw videos of like cars literally like washing, I saw away. washing away with people sure. standing on it. And yeah. I was like, Oh, cause, but I think that's also because the infrastructure in SoCal sure. is shit. Right. We just, well, we're not built for rain. We're not built we for rain. We really we're not built any. for a lot of things. Cause we were built like in the forties when they didn't expect totally. any of this. And the thing that really kind of pissed me off was that people outside of Southern California were like, Oh my God, it's not going to be that bad. Like relax or whatever. And we're like, See, but the thing is, is like, we know we're not built for rain. Yeah. So if you were gonna unexpectedly have an earthquake in Indiana, I would be like, oh my God, it was only like a 5.7, like relax, yeah. it was nothing. But, but all their, their buildings, buildings have fucking flattened right. because their buildings aren't prepared for right. that. They're not, like in LA, we had to get retrofitted to right. make sure everything with stood stuff. Speaking of earthquakes, yeah, that was to me the most exciting part of the whole thing. Did you feel anything? Yes. Oh, really? Oh yeah, I, was, well, I think it's because I was painting my nails. I was painting my nails at the time and my whole body went like this. I was like, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> like, what was that? Really? Your yeah. body really swayed yeah. like that? It, it was like a jolt. I jolted like this and then I was like, the fuck was that? And my husband who was laying on the couch was like, shit, did you feel that? Like we all collected in the living room. I was like, girls, girl, come to the living room. So we all kind of like just waited. You didn't feel it at all? I didn't. So like basically what happened was during the earthquake, I literally saw the notification pop up seconds after it happened. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, mom, did you feel anything? I was like, Ron, mom, did you feel anything? Ron, did you feel anything? And they were like, feel what? And I was like, there was an earthquake? Yeah. And then later on that day, I was like, apparently there were five aftershocks. Yeah. I was like, did you guys feel, did you I feel I didn't anything? feel any of the aftershocks. I didn't feel any of those, but we definitely, the girls were in their rooms and their like windows and their uh, closet doors wow. were rattling. So they all, we all felt it. Earthquakes are scary. Yeah, my sister yeah. who lives four houses away was like, I feel that my parents didn't feel anything. So. I had two friends reach out to me via text between like the hurricane and the earthquake. They're like, oh my God, is everything okay? I was like, I didn't feel either. <laughs> I was like, I, I didn't thanks notice. for checking. I, no, my older sister who lives in Missouri was like, Jesus Christ, you guys, what's going on? There's Are you earthquakes and, and you know, fucking a hurricane. I was like, I didn't notice anything. It was fine. <laughs> Even yeah. the earthquake didn't seem that bad. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty bad. 5.5. If you it's felt pretty, it, yeah. I feel like it's decent, you know? But, like, even with the storm, we did the same thing. Like, we saw that TikTok of that woman, like, filling up little Ziploc oh, snack sure. bags with drinkable water. She's she was genius. like, worst comes to worst. She's like, you have water to drink. And I was like, you know, it's not going to be bad. Like, and then I kept seeing that stuff. So then I was like, 
I, I guess better prepared than yeah, sorry. So right, we filled right. up some of those bags. Yeah. And then our fridge is packed from all the birthdays and stuff. So I was like, we don't have to worry about any of the food. Right. I was like, because we have already too much. And then I was like, you know what? Just in case the power goes out and just in case a power goes out everywhere. And we don't have power for like a couple of days. I was like, maybe we should just like fill up a cooler with ice. Right. And just put like a day's worth of food in there so that at least for the first day, we don't even have to open up the fridge and everything right. just stay cold and frozen, you know? And I don't think my mom knew any of what was going on. You know what I mean? She's like, what is yeah, all this like, doomsday like, prep happening? Apparently there's going to be a little bit of a hurricane maybe. I was like, I don't think it's going to be much, but I was like, better prepare. Like, I'm sorry. It's yeah. Like you said hurricane. You yeah. clearly couldn't have said and hurricane. And then she was like, she was like, oh, okay, whatever. And then it wasn't until she saw us fill up the cooler with ice. Yeah. That's when she called my aunt who lives like close to the Inland Empire a oh, little yeah. bit. And she was like, uh, yeah. She's like, she's yeah. like, did you guys start preparing? And my aunt was like, for, for what? what? <laughs> my, my mom was like, uh, you should maybe just prepare just in case. And I'm pretty sure my aunt just like rolled her eyes on the other line. But it's just funny you said that earlier because I think if I didn't say any of that, she wouldn't have noticed. My mom wouldn't have noticed. She would have just been like, oh, she's been rainy the last right. day, you know? I'm I'm always the one who's like, a disaster things are gonna be crazy and my dad's always like oh my god you've always been so fucking dramatic but i'm like but i just didn't know and i was yeah. nervous not like only that but like you hear of these like devastating storms and like hawaii and everything yeah. and like the thought that goes through my mind is i'm like you know i've never experienced any of those things the luck is gonna run out. Right. Like, this is probably the time I'm gonna experience. Like that's what always plays through my head. I'm like right. the one time I'm not prepared. Right. But then that was my other thought. I was like, I'm gonna over prepare. And I was like, nothing Nothing's is gonna, gonna happen. happen. I was that's... like, I am taking this in my control. <laughs> my husband was like, you feel better? I was like, just let me fucking yeah. fill the refrigerator with I all think, these baggies. <laughs> I think what you mean is, thank you. <laughs> yeah, You're welcome right. because my over preparing is what made the hurricane go. The mm, thing was we kind of were like, I don't wanna say competing, but he was like, doesn't seem so bad. I'm like, it could get worse. He's like, six o'clock. They said it should be starting any minute. I'm like, like, are you wishing this? He's like, I'm just saying, I don't think it's going to be as bad. He's like, we've watched the news enough to know that sensationalized things get people to watch more news. And that's what they're or doing. Or prepare. Right. So now I have 800 gallons of frozen baggies of water in my well, drinkable amongst my three different freezers. No, they're drinkable. And if you filled up as much as I did, they're like perfect size ice cubes for your water bottles. I filled gallon ones. <laughs> they're so big. I don't use like Ziplocs. I use like reusable ones. Oh. So like they're storage bags, but they're like silicone. So they're like really big. So- that's, I mean, that makes more sense. It would have lasted longer. Right. I was like, these little tiny slivers of water are going to help in between all no, of the other frozen I have stuff. fucking icebergs in my freezer now. I'm like, well, you know, see what happens. But, and then I filled my tub. You know, they said, fill your tub because, you know, if the toilet, you know, if the water, like they shut the oh. water off, you have water to fill the tank. So, you know, you don't have human waste oh, we backed did not up. Do that. So I would go in the bathroom. I just look at the water in the tub. And be like, that was so wasteful. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Kids, now right. we're going to have to, for the next week, this is how you flush the toilet. My older daughter was like, I'm having an intrusive thought. Can I just jump in it? I was like, sure. She's like, that's so funny. <laughs> what a weird time to be alive where kids know what the words intrusive thought Oh yeah, Because that didn't even exist. <laughs> we just we just did it. And you were just a dick kid, apparently. You know what I mean? She'll call herself out all the time. She's like, ah, oh, intrusive thought. I really wanted to smash that into your face. I'm like... You know, I'm supposed to tell everybody everything. You, you can keep sometimes those inside, but 
Thanks for letting me know. But actually, as your mother, please tell me so right. that I can guide you towards. Right. How to yeah. do something like that. <laughs> yeah. How to be likable. How was the rest of your week? It's good. You know, I keep, I, I am very busy, but volleyball has started. Yeah. And so the, I, I coach sixth grade girls volleyball Yeah, and the varsity coach was nice enough to let us join them for, for some practices. It's actually two weeks Wait, worth of practices from high school varsity or middle school. No, no, varsity. middle school oh, okay, varsity. Yeah, yeah. So it's the seventh and eighth grade yeah. girls yeah, yeah. who are split into two teams. And she's like, well, let's all practice together, which is great. Cause as a coach of younger girls, you forget how much you've forgotten or you don't realize like, how much you've forgotten from the days that you played because six, fifth and sixth grade volleyball is just kind of like a fucking free for all. They're just like, who's yeah. gonna hit it? Or like the lower grades. Once you get to sixth grade, it starts getting a little bit more competitive. Yes. Rotation matters, positions matter, like how they practice all of this matters. And so I'm watching this, our coach is also the science teacher, but she, played like collegiate volleyball. She's incredible. She's oh, yeah. like six feet tall. Like she's yeah. really, you can tell when somebody was made to play volleyball. And so we've been just been sitting in and uh, I'm starting to get really like competitive and really excited with it. You? I know. No. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so, so shocking. Um, but it's tough because my daughter is on the team. And I think for me, and maybe it's because a lot of people don't understand in Asian families, nepotism works in a very different way. <laughs> like- Yeah, we're very conscious of it. We're very conscious of it, but also like, unlike other people in nepotism, they give them the position just because they were born. Like, I make my kid work so much harder. Right. I'm so much harder on her, which is exactly how it is with my parents. And I worked with my parents my whole life. I always had to do the most. I always had to do the shittiest jobs. I always had to do, you know, I had to work so much harder and longer than everybody else. For less pay, if at all. Oh, kids get paid? If at all, yeah, that's <laughs> Oh, you get, you get paid? Oh, cool. <laughs> when did they start doing that? <laughs> you know? So my kid, I, but I'm trying so hard to like find the balance between being her coach and her mom. And she's also trying to find the balance between respecting me as her mother and respecting me as her coach. Um, so we're navigating those waters together and I'll be like, hey, what are you doing? Why would you let that ball go? That's yours. That's your zone, whatever. And she'd be like, and she'll roll her eyes at me. And I'm like, try that shit again. But like only she would do that because right. I'm her mom. No one else on the team does that. And so we had to have a very serious talk today. And I was like, I get it. But the thing is, is she doesn't roll her eyes at me at home. It was just like it's on the court. It's in front of her friends That's and the so the is dynamic like, is so interesting. Yeah, but she probably doesn't realize that while covering her own perception of herself with her friends, right. she's accidentally shitting on you right. and, and the respect that you should be getting as a coach. And that's what I told her. I said, what if you saw one of your teammates roll her eyes at me? She'd be like, I'd be fucking furious. And I was like, exactly. Yeah. Because she's disrespecting me as your mom, but she's disrespecting me as your coach. And I'm not, no one's fucking paying me to be there. I'm doing this because I want to do it and because I want to be there for you girls. So for you to be disrespectful to me, she gives that, and it's it's like, like everything else, right? Like if you make fun of yourself or you make fun of an accent, your parents' accent, it gives people room to do the same thing or it gives right. them this like tacit permission. Mm -hmm. And I said, you're giving your friends and your teammates permission to be disrespectful to me. Is that what you're trying to do? And she's like, absolutely not. Of course not. And I was like, well, then you need to be aware, aware, but you yeah. also have to model how you want them to treat me and as I will do to you.
And I, and I explained to her, I was like, I know this goes both ways. Yeah. I know I'm hard on you. I know that I expect more from you because you're my kid. I will be very mindful of that. And I will, you know, do my best to treat you the same as I do all your teammates. But that's a, that's tough. It's a it tough, tough thing to do. I think especially with our background, a lot of people of color, especially immigrant children. Yes. You're always pushed to be the best, to lead the pack. because Work like yeah, yeah. Because like you kind of come in with like, I don't know if chip on the shoulder is the right term, but like you might not be at the same starting line. Sure as everyone else, or at right. least that's how it's perceived, you right. know, cause you have to like work harder, be smarter, be more innovative or whatever Dude, it is. Yeah. And I, I think it's that like having to shed that mentality. That's well, really one of my hard. Father's mottos is if you're always the one working the hardest, no one can ever blame you for not doing enough. And I'm like, okay, but I can't always work the hardest all the time. Like, so like that was instilled in me my whole life. Yeah. Do the most. And now as an almost 48 year old woman, I'm like, I am so tired. Yeah, 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 <laughs> I'm yeah. so tired. I'm doing the most all the time. And like, I don't want that for my kids. I don't want my girls to be like, I have to do the most all the time. Like it's okay to not always do the most. Yeah, You have to work hard, sure. But you can't always be expected to do the most. And like the thing that I keep telling them is like, we cannot be 100%, 100% of the time. I don't expect that of you, you know? so. I am learning just as much through this experience as I, I think and hope the girls are too, you know, and I love them. I love coaching volleyball. I love it. If I, if I had known how much I love doing it, I don't know if my life would have been different. Like I fucking love coaching volleyball. As in like, you think you'd be working at a school coaching volleyball? Maybe, or I might've gotten my teaching degree just so I could coach volleyball, like do like PE or something. I love it. And it's, it's interesting because when I played volleyball, I played volleyball for like 10 years. I never had, oh, really? yeah, I never had a woman, woman coach. All my coaches were men, really? all of them. And so going into this dynamic as a woman coach to young girls in a very formative time in their lives, I feel this like responsibility outside of just coaching volleyball. Like I wanna teach them how to be young women. I wanna teach them how to be supportive women to each other. I wanna teach them how to hold their sisters, you know, and, and like how to support each other. And I'm like, fuck, like if I had ever had that, how my life might've been different. I looked at my teammates as competition. I looked at my teammates as like people who weren't doing enough or like I didn't support them in the, or I could have supported them better. So, you know, I'm trying to do a lot of things outside of just play you know, on the court to really instill in them this idea of like this, this shared sisterhood and this ideal of support and understanding that their dynamics on the court should be just as important off the court because they're all in the same class, right? you know? So, you know, how you guys treat each other on and off the court is really indicative as to how, you know, you will become and grow into a young woman. And it's, it's really cool to watch them do that. It's really, really fucking cool. And hearing it, you say that, I just wonder how much of that is like nature versus maybe nurture is not right. The right word, but like environmental, maybe, you know what I mean? Like, I know you've shared about like that other Asian girl in yeah. your class that you were competitive yeah. with. And like you telling these stories, I feel very similar in my in my childhood growing up and like right. just as a person as who I am. And I'm like sitting here wondering, I'm like, is it just who we are or were we conditioned to be this way because of, you know, having to rise above and right. like stand out from everyone else or it's like, I, I did the both. same thing too. You know what I mean? I saw people that look like me 
And instead of being like, oh, community, I kind of was like, right. oh, opponent. Competition, you know what I mean? Competition. Right, for sure. And I think it's maybe both. And I think maybe it's because we were so bombarded with that, yeah. that like, you know, the pendulum swings the other way, but we also are conscious and cognizant beings. And so we understand that like, we can't swing the pendulum all the way to the other end. So I think a lot of that is me kind of coaching and raising these young women in the ways that I wish that I had been raised yeah, yeah, yeah. to see the world differently and to not, um, put myself in positions where I feel either inferior or that I have to exert superiority over people. You know what I mean? And I feel like that was often just the duality of my life is like, I was in situations where I was like, I have to be the best. I have to be better than everybody. I cannot let anybody see me weak. Yep. Cannot see me suffer. You can't, dude, even now, I got hit in the face so fucking hard with the volleyball the other day. <laughs> I, was, I was like, God, in the face. <laughs> I look, I have like a fucking bruise. My nose is bruised oh, yeah. all the way down here, all the way up here. Yeah, I got I see it here for sure. This girl cleaned my fucking clock, okay? Thankfully you weren't wearing your glasses, I, I think. was wearing sunglasses because oh we were outside. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, I really want to cry. <laughs> this hurts so bad. This was a week ago. My nose was bruised. My nose was so swollen. I don't know if you can see it in the was it was like right after we filmed? I can't remember. I hope so because you had to go to your thing last week. Wasn't that last week? Was that two weeks ago? No, that's two weeks ago. That's two weeks ago. Um, and I was like, "Don't let them see you cry. Don't let them see you in pain." I'm like, "Why? Why can't they see me?" Obviously, <laughs> I'm the adult. Yeah. But I was like, "It's okay." I was like, "That really hurt very much." I'm not mad at you, Addy. I know it was an accident. It's okay. It's these fine. are pain tears. But these are, you know, this. It's normal to feel this way. <laughs> It's yeah. okay. And I put my glasses back on. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, that fucking hurt so bad. Then my daughter runs over and she goes, oh my God, mommy, you're bleeding. And so I had this like trail of blood, like running down my face from underneath my sunglasses. And I was like, okay, teachable moment. I was like, I'm a tough bitch. <laughs> they were like, oh shit. Yeah. I was like, sometimes you gotta just play through. You, you play can, through it. You can you have hurt. a tear or two drop and still be a tough yeah, bitch. Yeah, right? Because it really fucking hurt. What was my point of that whole thing? I don't even know. Oh, <laughs> just being conscious of, of how they are perceiving me. Yeah. Right? Conscious of like, who am I to them? I don't want them to see me as just their coach. I don't want them to see me as just, you know, so-and-so's mom or like the kind of room mom or whatever. I, I try to make sure that I instill in them, like I can be tough and I can play hard and I can work, you know, as hard as I possibly yeah. can, but I can still have feelings and I can still feel frustrated and I can still, you know, be exuberant and excited. And I can still, you can be all of those things. Cause I was never taught to be all of those things. I was one or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are treated like shit or you treat like shit. There, there is no in between. And I was like, why can't I, I, I am feeling all of those things. Yeah. There's a part of me that wants me to tell you something obvious, like, you know, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Sure. Of course. But at the same time, I think back to like all the people that as a grown up, you look back in your past and you're like, man, this adult had an impact in my life. And I right. wonder 
did those adults also put similar pressure on themselves? Because right. sometimes there's a fine line between having awareness and having a strategy. Right. And then allowing that stuff to really overwhelm you sure. and stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. So like, but you know, I know you enough to know that yeah. you probably I feel a have a good handle. Distinct responsibility yeah. to these girls. Which is good. But I also know that showing them that I am still very much a human and that I still very much have feelings and I still very much am, you know, so many other things is really important. And it I is. think that's, that is, I think where I, if I were to leave a sustained impact on their lives, it would be like, allow yourself to be a whole person. Yes, You are not just so-and-so the, the problem child. You are not just so-and-so the star athlete. You are not just the academic. You are so much more than, you know, you, you know, that people kind of put you into the box, box. the category yeah. of, you know, don't let people define you. No, yeah. absolutely not. You know, so if they see me cry because I just got fucking beamed in the face with a volleyball, <laughs> just know it's cause I'm a human being and that fucking hurt and it's yeah. okay. You know, and, and watching them, it's not even their like successes that I see them like learning the most. It's when I see them fail and when I see them frustrated and I see them like really like I can tell like their growth. It's really weird. Like in real time to watch a child learn these things and like you can see like the, the wheels turning and you can yeah, yeah, see yeah. it kind of clicking in and it's really in it. And it's weird. It's, it's different because it's not just my own kids. All of these other kids that I've known since they were, you know, four or five years old. Right. Know them well enough to know their progress. Yeah. And to see it and to hear it. And, you know, their dynamics amongst each other is, that's a whole nother thing. You know, you see them not all get along and they fight and they, you know, have disagreements and arguments with each other. And like to be the person who has to, hey, <laughs> both of you take five, take, yeah. take a lap or whatever. Or however we have to like, and then to be like, all right, let's talk about this constructively. You know, it's, it, it has its challenges. It's very, very interesting. And I think I've gotten way more out of it than they have. And we've only been at practice for like a week and a half so far. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. I love it. I wouldn't change anything. I about think it's it. amazing how so many people grow up and they try to like, not overcompensate, but they try to like fix the stuff that they wish that they right. had. You know, you like look for the people that you wish you had. And I, I feel like not you obviously, right. but I feel like a lot of times people overcompensate too much the right. other way. Sure. And then they traumatize their kid to like probably what their parents felt. Right. And then it's like this constant vicious cycle. It's a cycle, just a mirror. Yeah. 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 But it's just like just repeating every other generation right. essentially. And, and don't exclude me from that. I, I definitely do that. Yeah. I definitely. And the, the difference though is like catching myself when yes. I do it. I'm like, okay, you're being too cool. You're being too cool. Yeah. Rain that shit in. She needs to be fucking disciplined. Cause yeah, yeah, I yeah. know discipline was such a huge thing in my too house much. too much. Yeah. So then I, again, that fucking pendulum swings the other way and I'm like, it's cool. Like, no, like, it's not cool. You were being a fucking asshole. <laughs> you were being such a shit bag right now. Yeah. And like, we're not tolerating that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and then, you know, managing that, you know? So, you know, that's, that's where I'm at right now. Anyway, how was your week? <laughs> it was good. It was busy ish. I don't know why I always like have a hard time trying to remember what happened in the week. You know, I'm like, <laughs> like rewinding. Did I have a week? yeah, but it was busy. So, um, as you, 
probably know if you guys listen to the podcast, my mom's in town because yep. it's August is the month of birthdays for us. So it's my birthday on the 1st. Then my aunt who moved from Chicago to LA two years ago, it's her birthday on the 16th. And she's arguably closest to my mom mm -hmm. of the siblings. Very complicated relationship, but they're very close. My mom basically raised her, even mm -hmm. though they have like a 16 year age gap. No, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's significant. Mm -hmm. So, but they're really close. And then it's my mom's birthday tomorrow. So they're like exactly one week apart. Cute. Yeah. So like my mom comes in the month of August so that she could just celebrate all of her birthdays. Yeah. And then, you know, see you next year or the year after, depending on, you know, travel COVID right. age now, right. I guess. But uh, so for my aunt's birthday, we went over to her house in near the Inland Empire. Mm -hmm. And I cooked her a fish dinner because her husband and her oldest son were out of town. Okay. They were in Poland visiting her husband's family. Oh, Poland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then- uh, Nice of them to go out of town on her birthday. That's kind of what I thought, but I didn't want to make her feel bad, so I didn't mention anything about okay. it. But- uh, Happy birthday, we're going to Poland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. So then I was like, well that, so then my aunt called, my mom called my aunt and she was like, what are we going to do for your birthday? And my aunt was just like brushing it off being like, you know, we'll just do it another time, whatever. My aunt, mom was like, that's not how birthdays work. Yeah. You celebrate it on your day and we celebrate your birthday. That's, you do it. You got to yeah. get him a cake and you celebrate And P.S., I'm here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're doing it. Right. So my aunt was like, it's okay, it's okay. My mom finally was like, no, I'm going to make a miyokuk, which is, you know, a Korean seaweed soup that- yes. My mother you know, drowned me in it when I gave birth two times. Yes. Most eight, most Korean women do. My mom was like, just fucking, just get in the pot. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just eat it. Just- <laughs> But that's the reason why it's the birthday birthday dinner or meal because mm -hmm. every year we honor our mothers by remembering what they ate right. and it's like this traditional thing. So that's the reason why it's a birthday meal. But my mom was like, "I'm gonna make you meal cook," and then I was like, "Well, I, I guess I'll make you, you know, whatever something." So I ended up making her. It was like Branzinos, mm, delicious. Branzinos are my favorite fish, but I've never cooked a whole fish before. Mm. But every time I see them, I'm like, oh, I want to get it. I was like, mm, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> so then I was like, so I just bought it, and then after I bought Branzino's it, Branzino is almost exclusively like a whole fish preparation, yeah, right? Like almost because it's such like, a small fish yeah, you that like you don't fillet, fillet it. it. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. So I finally bought it, and then I was like, uh, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. So then I looked up recipes, and they're all like lemon basted stuff, and like I hate. Lemon flavor, anything. Side note, you fucking hate everything. Who hates lemons? I hate lemons. You hate, I hate lemons? No, I hate random things, randomly. But like lemons, you know. Lemons? I use them when necessary. Like they go in my hummus and stuff. Like some stuff needs them. But like I hate when lemon is the flavor of dishes. So you don't like like chicken piccata? Not my favorite. Oh my God, so fresh. <laughs> It's not. I hate it. I think it's so one tone. It's so monotonous. Lemon and capers? Like, yeah, this no. is so vibrant. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah, know. yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's okay. Sorry. <laughs> but I was I'll like. Take lemons off the list. So yeah. The list is getting longer and longer <laughs> of lists not. things that you won't it's eat. Like lemon, broccoli, cauliflower, carrots. cooked carrots. Cooked carrots. That's pretty much it. Fine. But like, so I don't love lemon flavored things. So I was like, well, I'm not going to cook that. So I was just like, um,. I'm just gonna make something up. So I just made like a sort of chili oil with a bunch of chopped chilies in it. Mm, um, and I just good. poured it over and it was delicious. Really? That sounds good. Yeah, it was so delicious that my aunt just like, while eating it, she's like, give me the recipe right now. Oh, yeah, 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 which was great. But then I was like, after I like felt great. And then I came home and I was like, all right, cool. My mom's birthday. I was like, oh my God. 
how do I want up that for my mom's birthday? Uh, Not that like my mom's birthday has to be better because like, you know, my aunt is equally special, but I was like, now what? I was like, I feel like I just like peaked culinarily. I was like, I don't know what to do. So then I was like stressing over that Challenge for the yourself. last week. And then I finally was like, you know what? I hate this dress. I'm just going to go out to eat. Yeah. I was like, I know from a content perspective, it would have been great if I was like, Hey, I made my mom this amazing dish right, for her birthday. Right. Why is saying that already making me want to cry? But I was like, you know what? I don't, I can't have this dress. I've, I was yeah. like, I've been stressed with this for six days. So yesterday, my mom's birthday is tomorrow. Yesterday, I was like, we need to find a place finally. And then, because uh, up until then, I was like, maybe I'll cook. Maybe I'll right. cook. And I was like, no, 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 not doing it. So I started looking for stuff. And then I found a restaurant in Silver Lake that had this open availability for his party of eight. It was like from six to eight, it was just available. So I was like, you know what? Let's make plans. I was like, I texted my aunt. I was like, hey, is everyone in your family coming? And then I asked my mom, hey, is your best friend coming who lives in LA? And my mom was like, you know what? Just count them all in and just book it. And I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't know where this is going, yeah. so one hour went by. Oh no. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to book it. All of the availabilities are basically gone except for 5.45 and 8.45. Perfect and times to eat with old yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, literally. And I was like, I eat dinner around 8.45 usually. Yeah. But I was like, my mom's best friend she wouldn't she, get home till midnight yeah like she does not like to eat after like six yeah i was like she's not gonna you know want to go and i was like my aunt then was like oh maybe i'll just come because like even her children like to eat earlier so i was like great so i was like 5 45 she's like well then my husband can't come and i was like i don't know what to do because i don't want to compromise on the location because like the food here my mom's vegetarian she's pes pescatarian mm -hmm. so like taking her anywhere is really hard so it's usually just like finding a place with some seafood stuff, you know, which like doesn't seem like the best thing to do to celebrate my mom's birthday. Right. So it's like, I can't really compromise on this. So then I felt bad. So like my aunt's husband may or may not be able to come. Oh, well. But that's on me. Can't do it. I'm can't. sorry, Greg. Wait, is he back from Poland? He is back from Poland. Oh. And it just makes me feel even more insecure because like, I feel like he thinks that I don't like him. And I'm just, oh, and no, like, I'm just afraid of him. Yeah, I just don't want him to feel like I'm purposely excluded. Greg, don't <laughs> yeah. think that. That's not the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a hard time connecting with him sometimes because like our, we're just so different. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, but like, I don't dislike him. Yeah. I just, I just feel very awkward around a lot of people, honestly. But it's true. Susie knows. And he also feels awkward around cooked carrots. It's okay. It's a, it's a thing. <laughs> it's not awkward. It's hatred. It's bitter hatred. But um, yeah, I didn't know what to do. So I guess we'll find out tomorrow. I included him in the reservation. Yeah. So he may be a little late. He just started a new job this week. He's been working for himself for a while and he yeah. just started a job. So it's like too early to get, get off a little early. It is what it is. I don't know. Life is so short. It is what it is. Greg, if you make it, great. If not, we'll see you next year, buddy. I called, Sorry. I called Ron for like 10 minutes and you could tell he was getting annoyed a little bit because I was like, I don't know if I'm being a dick. He's like, well. Shut up, it's <laughs> fine. He basically said, I'm saying what you were saying. It's like, it is what it is. And I was yeah. like, but I don't want to be an asshole. He's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Also, think about it from Greg's perspective. Greg is like, I will just have gotten off of work. I'm tired. I don't want to go anywhere. That's what I was trying to tell myself. But I was like, I don't want to, you know, put words in people's mouth. And yeah. Feelings in people's it's okay. hearts. It's okay. It, so that was a part of it. Yeah, that was a part of it. And then, uh, but then also, I got into a pretty heated. I don't know if arguments the right word. Heated discussion with my mom. Like, 
Had Ron, you gone this whole time without having a heater? Yeah, so we oh. had. So well, like we knew it was gonna happen. Even before my mom came, my aunt one day, like two weeks before my mom came, like came over to my house randomly. She was like, so she has a daughter who doesn't drive, just graduated college, but my aunt drives her to and from from LA often so she could hang out with her friend. I know she's going through a lot of stuff right now. And she graduated college, yeah, yeah, yeah. doesn't drive she and doesn't has drive. her mom drive her from the Inland Empire to LA so she can hang out with her friends. Yes. yes. I know. I know how it sounds, but she's going through a lot. She My aunt went, okay. is a little bit, you know, very What did she nurturing. do while her, the daughter's playing with her for having play dates? So that's where I feel bad. So I always tell my aunt, I was like, hey, I was like, I know sometimes like you're dropping her off in Santa Monica, but like even just driving 40 minutes to my house, hanging out for an hour and then driving back is better than you like for three hours just doing nothing. Sitting in your car? I don't know. I, yeah. I know. That's terrible. I know. I feel bad. But like. I'm not far from Santa Monica. My she cousin, come to my house. <laughs> my cousin is also going through some stuff. So like I, I kind of get both sides a little bit. But get a driver's license. I know she is. She is. So okay. like she has her driver's license, but she got it in Chicago and okay. LA is a totally different driving to Chicago is a bit hard too, but LA is a totally different beast. So she's actually currently taking driving lessons again. Just in so case. She, yeah. Cause she's like really nervous. Okay. Okay. I actually have a lot of friends who transplanted to Cal LA and they're afraid to drive because it's it's crazy here. Which is fine. Cause I whenever, think it's fun. Whenever my friends visit from not like outside LA, they're like, you drive so fucking crazy. I'm like, yeah. you gotta keep up. That's how you, will that's get how you survive here. You gotta run off the fucking road. If you're not going 85 yeah. in the fucking fast lane, you're one of those the people fuck out of the way. If you're not one of the people driving 85 in the fast lane, you're one of the people going 55 next to four other cars oh, going yeah. 55, Trapping causing them. the traffic. No, exactly. And I refuse to be those people. I refuse to be those people. You don't, yeah. Okay, so maybe it's better she doesn't. <laughs> so either way. We are crazy. Yeah, either way, my aunt comes over one day and the way the conversation starts going, I was like, this feels a little curated because she starts, so remember I unloaded all that stuff onto my mom when I was arguing with her on the phone? Yes. Obviously my mom told my aunt. Okay. My aunt came to speak on behalf of my mom to try to get information. And I just had to tell my aunt, I was like, sorry. I was like, I know from your perspective, it seems like something I wanna talk out. I was like, I actually don't. Not I was like, all this. I really wanted to do was to get the burden off of just me because it was getting really heavy. I was yeah. like, but I just need you guys to have sympathy and that's just where we're going to leave it. I was like, I don't want to talk about it. Right. Because she was like, your mom thinks it's, and then she named one of my cousins. So I was like, I just don't even want to talk about it. So like for those of you listening who may not be aware because I didn't really want people to know, um, there was- You don't have to share it. No, 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 I know. Okay. But like there was an instance when I made some videos for a show on a network that we don't want to name right now because of the strike. Right. Well, it's kind of, okay, never mind. But either way, I made this video about one of the actors on the show who's a very close friend of mine, it did really well. And people were like, hey, do something about some of the other actors on the show, so I did. One of those actors, come to find out, said some very problematic stuff. So I was going to make a video to address it. And while trying to make that video, I came across some information that triggered up a lot of repressed memories of mine. So this particular actor, his excuse for some of his behavior was that it was his way of processing 
in a very toxic way, but he claims is his way of processing information, like of what happened to him when he was like four years old. He said his family couldn't afford to have him and his siblings. So his parents shipped him as the oldest child to live with family in Korea. And at least one of those family members were very inappropriate with his four year old. So when I was reading that, trying to gather information to make the video, all of a sudden while reading those words, I kept being like, why am I having these weird feelings? Right. Then it brought up repressed memories of mine when I was like 10, where like a family member was very inappropriate with me in a bathroom that I repressed for a really long time because I, I didn't even understand what was happening. And now as an adult, I'm playing it back and I'm like, oh, that was yeah, that's okay. really fucked up. So I processed that for like two weeks and then like I couldn't make the video and I tried, I tried to make the video like three times and it just all ended in me just like weeping. And like, I just, I didn't even want to put that out there. So, you know, a couple months after that, I got into an argument with my mom and I just like, trauma dumped all this stuff onto my mom in a form of like weaponry to make mm -hmm. her feel bad, which is horrible, you know, working through stuff, obviously, none of us are perfect, but um, because of that information, my mom got my mom told my aunt and my aunt, and I guess my mom was like theorizing who it was. And my aunt was like, your mom wants to confront the family. And I was like, I need you to tell her. I was like, I don't want That's any of this. I was want. like, all of this is going, just going to re-traumatize me. Right worse right i'm gonna have to relive through everything and then i have to feel responsible for whatever shell shock out whatever right. happens and then you, know? you get stigmatized by members of your family like right. it's, it's very messy you know? it's very messy and like sure there were parts of me that were like look if he did this to anyone else right maybe i'm the one to speak up but like i was like you know what i can't i can't so i told my aunt and a little cautiously i thought my mom was still gonna bring it up still to this day, nothing. So like, we've been very copacetic until then. So the other day, this past week, I asked my mom how to make something that I've never made before. Um, tosa bibimbap. Mm -hmm. Now is really easy. Yeah, you just like combine everything. But I was never made tosa because I don't have tosa. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I have cast iron. So I was like, I can mimic tosa. So I just asked her, I was like, all the vegetables, I was like, do I put it in and heat it up? I was like, do I stir fry it? Or I was like, do I just put it in cold at the end? And because everything is hot, it just warms up. Yes. She didn't answer the question. And she just, she thought I, so like in Korean, the vegetables, the root vegetables, the word, word for is namul. And the word for garlic is manul, which right. is very similar. So she thought I was asking about the garlic, the manul. Mm. And I was like, no, the namul, the namul. And she just kept saying, oh, I really thought you said garlic. And I was like, I don't care about that. I was like, I need you to tell right, me what to do. Right. And then she just kept going about like, I just thought you said garlic. And I was like, I don't know what's happening, but you know, I really hate it when you invalid, you just like keep getting right. stuck on this thing. And then she did it and like kept going. And I was like, I, and then like, I started getting really frustrated. And like, because of all the past trauma with my mom, I just go from zero to hundred very quickly. Next thing I know, I'm frustrated. I'm like yelling a little bit, you know, I'm like, so then my mom, when that ever had that happen, she shuts down, mm -hmm. which is worse because at some point I was like, I just need you to say, I'm sorry right. and move on. And, and it wasn't about the, the mix up at this point. It was about, it had already progressed. And the I was like, I need you after. to apologize for this part. You know what I mean? Not the beginning part. Cause right. I understand that's very, very nothing, you know, but she just like, wouldn't say anything. And to the point where I was literally like, and 
at one point I literally said to her, I was like, so are, I was like, do you see me right now with my elevated voice? And I was like, you see a screaming dick, don't you? I was like, you see a screaming asshole. I was like, instead of seeing a son who's so desperate to get his mom to validate him, I was like, that's not what you see. I was like, you just see like me being a dick. Having a tantrum. Right. I was like, you don't see me for the gajillionth time pleading with you with everything I have in me that I need you to change for my betterment. I told her, I was like, I've told her this multiple times, but I was like, I've seen three different therapists. Every single one of them told me that I will not have peace in my life until I cut off my mom. Mm. I told her this many times. And I told her, I was like, I can't do that because now I know me. And I was like, the guilt that I'll carry for the rest of my life, I don't think I can live with that. You know, so their recommendation, their recommendation was no contact. Yeah. They were like, they're like, honestly, we don't think that like, they're like the best route for you is just to just like cut off your mom. Wow. They're like, we don't think she's going to change. Clearly you're too traumatized. traumatized from it, but I know me, I won't be able to live with that. You know what I mean? Like there won't even be a rest of my life because I just, it'll be too heavy. So, so I, I do this instead, you know, I, Every once in a while, just freak out and plead with my mom. So like, I so it like went on for a while. At some point, before the conversation even happened, Ron, who I live with, left to go take my dog Colt for a walk because you know he likes to do that sometimes. Yeah. And he came back and he literally told me later, he's like, "I thought you guys left the TV on really loudly." Oh. Like he just walked in and was like, "What's happening? Something's really loud." He was like, "Oh shit, that's Ed oh, screaming." Shit. You know what I mean? And at some point. My mom even said to me, she's like, she's like, so what? I, was, I just kept telling her. I just kept being like, I need you to come over, look me in the eye, say you're sorry, give me a hug, and that's it. And she just stood there. And that would happen for like an hour. So then I just kept being like, I don't understand what's happening. And then after that hour, she was silent for that whole hour, by the way. That's just how my mom is. Which now, in retrospect, I think I'm starting to realize that she just freezes up. In a she flight just, or flight, she has no she coping flees. mechanism. Yeah, she she doesn't. just doesn't have, no, she how doesn't. To, yeah. So then like, at one point she was like, what do you want me to do? Go over there and just say sorry. I was like, that's literally, literally what I've been saying to you repeatedly, like a crazy person for the last hour. And then, and then all of a sudden, I just like had this light switch in my head. And I was like, here I am as a 40 year old now. My mom's about to turn 80 next year. She turns 79 tomorrow. <laughs> And I was like, I still expect my mom to be this parent. I still put her on this parent pedestal where she should have all the burden and she needs to right my wrongs. And I all of a sudden looked at her and I was like, I was like, what a piece of shit I am. I was like, I should be seeing an almost 80 year old woman with no coping skills. I was like, I just trauma dumped all this stuff on her. She doesn't know how to handle it. I just was like, what a piece of shit I am, you know? And, uh, and I get it, you know, maybe like a little defecating on myself, but like, it's also true. You know what I mean? Like we have these conversations and maybe these convers like maybe that's kind of what made me feel guilty. was like, we've had so many conversations where I was like, I should have been more aware, mm -hmm. but maybe it's these conversations that maybe even have that realization as long as it took. Sometimes it's a buildup Ed. Yeah. Sometimes it's not, uh, it's not a light switch on and off. All, yeah. It's all of these things, these conversations that you have, these reinforce your ability to get to where you got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like just you like steps towards of the course. journey. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't expect that you should have just known. 
Of course not. You're dealing with your own shit too. Cause like, then it started reminding me of all the things that I saw. Like for instance, I'm a part of this group. I think I brought in a couple of times. It's called subtle Asian mental health on mm -hmm. Facebook. It's stemmed from subtle Asian traits. Yeah. And then they were like, you know, Asians don't have mental health awareness. So we were like, this is something we should do. And I've been seeing a lot of posts on there from people younger than me where a lot of them, and these are the ones that I typically respond to are the ones where it seems like they're just not giving their parents the grace of being a human. You know right. what I mean? And they're doing the same thing I was. And all of that started compounding and reminding as I started having that, you know, that aha moment. And it's the truth. It's just like this fact that like, I've been holding my mom to this standard as we do all of our parents that they're like these perfect beings. And like, if you mess up, that's fine. But like, it's on you to fix right. it and fix me. You know what right. I mean? And it's like, which is a weird thing to say, because like, I know for the longest time for like, at least the last 15 years, I've been like, I'm an adult now. I need to understand where my trauma came from, but it's like on me now. Right. You know what I mean? But like in the instances of my mom, I told her, I was like, after I calmed down, I was like, mom, I just really, it was actually the next morning. She went to bed. She was like very upset. And then the next morning, my mom tends to have this thing where she just like pretends like stuff didn't happen. Oh yeah. Denial. Right. Cause you know, again, lack of coping. Right. So the next morning, the Everything's first thing. Everything's fine. I'm yeah. fine. You're fine. It wasn't that big of a deal. Right. And like the next morning, instead of doing like going along with it, I just was like, Hey, I know I was like, I'm really sorry that I allowed myself to yell at you and allow my emotions to take over. But I was like, I really need to hear you say that you're sorry. She was like, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I was like, I need you to understand that like, sometimes when you validate yourself, I don't think you realize that you're like invalidating me. Right. And I was like, you as my mom, your opinion holds a lot of weight. So when you invalidate me, it makes me feel like I don't exist, you know? Mm -hmm. And like the night before I told her, I was like, you know, when I was angry, I told her, I was like, when I was like, you don't see your son standing here, like pleading with you. I was like, I was like, since I was 12 was the first time I tried to, you know, had suicidal ideations. I was like, I literally stood in front of my grandma with like the big kitchen knife held it to my throat. and was like, I'm going to kill myself. You know what I mean? And I was like, I need you to understand that like, yes, the things that happen like with our family, like that messed up stuff, that stuff fucked me up too. But I was like, most of all those negative feelings came from you. Yeah. I was like, I'm not trying to put it on you, but I need you to understand like how much the things you do and say to me, how much they weigh on me. You know what I mean? So I was like, I know sometimes when you're trying to understand that, like, I didn't say anything wrong. I didn't say anything wrong. I was like, I don't think you realize that you're standing there being like, you're crazy. Right. You're like, you know what I mean? Like you're invalidating me. And she was like, she's like, I understand what you're saying. She apologized. And things have been fine since then, you know, except for the terrible guilt I've been feeling since then. But and I and I know what you're going to say and what probably a lot of people are thinking. It's like, you know, no one's one's fault. You know, there was shared accountability a little sure. bit, I guess. But I think I came to a realization that I just kept thinking. I was like, while, you, while I was yelling before I had that aha moment, I just kept thinking I was like, I don't understand why my mom is having such a hard time wanting to squash this versus being right. You know what I mean? And I started being like, how many times are we even going to see each other because she lives halfway around the world? And like the last time she came was two years ago because like it was just too hard for her, you know what I mean? Because she's getting older. And as I was thinking that, I was like, yeah, what about you, you idiot? 
I was like, how many more times are you going to spend time with your mom? And I was like, and you're going to be doing this every time. Right. I was like, that's so stupid. I was like, especially because like, you know, when you're gone, you're going to, this is the stuff you're going to regret. Right. So I was like, why are you not doing what's in your control to control the regret from happening? You but know this I mean? is, this is a very family parent child dynamic. It is. No matter who you are, no matter who your parent is. And I think we all go through that realization and particularly those of us who have parents who grew up in different countries and value different things. You know, mental health is not something that our, at least my parents no. generate, you know, it's not something that they, they even knew existed. Right. You just survive. You live. Fuck your fucking feelings. We just have to fucking survive. You just have to survive. Yeah. And you can feel sad and you can... And Do it on your they, own time. they thought it was useless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, my, my parents really thought emotions were useless. And they didn't allow us to have them or understand them or let alone help us work through them because they themselves didn't know how to work through them. And I'm not giving them excuses. And I'm not saying it's okay the things that we've had to endure as children. But expecting an elephant to climb a tree is unreasonable right. without the skills and the tools to do it. You know, and it's like so many times I'm like, why can't you just say you're sorry? Why can't you say that you love me? Why can't you say you're proud of me? They just physically like don't know how to do it. And I feel like there's this dynamic with my parents or maybe with your mom too is like, if they say it, they lose some kind of, I don't want to say power, but Authority? maybe, or like there's just, they, they look at it as a, a, a loss. Yeah, if yeah. I say I'm sorry, I've lost, or like I, I now am in a compromised position, or whatever. But you have to, you have to talk about it with them. I, I, I do. I talk about it with my dad all the time. <laughs> now he says shit that he's sorry all the time for shit that he's not really even that he doesn't even need to say sorry for. Yeah, you know, and it, and I think, but it's because I, and maybe because I'm fortunate enough that I see my parents so often. And that I'm very vocal with them about how I feel, that they they've been able to heed and understand. And I think also them watching me with my children and the way I've been raising my children and how my children are so different than I was growing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can see that those changes and modifications that I've made to my parenting and just my overall existence as an adult is translating differently to their grandchildren. And yeah, I think yeah. that that's what they want. And obviously I know our situations are very, very different. And that's kind of why I'm saying it. It's just like, she does live on the other side of the world. You guys don't communicate as often. So that's, I think, why I feel like affording yourself grace too is so important. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have the ability to constantly talk to her about it. And I don't know that that would even be helpful for, for you two at this point. So I think where you've arrived right now, I mean, where do you think you are in that journey for yourself? Not excluding how your mom feels about it. How do you feel about it now going forward? I would like to think that things are gonna be different because I've come to realization, but I also know that like, that's something you have to actively work on. Right. It's not like, I had a realization, everything's just gonna fall into place. Now. Right. You know no, what no. I mean? Like, I just have to learn to communicate frustrations or explain to my mother and check the anger at the door. Right. And I think and something you got to ask yourself is why do you get so angry? Right. You know, why are you yelling in that way? That's something that I've, I've seen in other people. And I, it, you have to ask, like anger is usually, and rage are usually just 
because you're just hurt and sad and you it don't is. know how to channel that. So again, yeah. coping mechanisms, coping, coping skills. And when your mom makes you feel volatile in that way. And also sometimes maybe, and I'm not saying that she does this, but I've been in situations where people get me to that place. So then now it becomes my fault because I've now lost my shit and I'm yep. the one going crazy. Mm -hmm. So now it's me. Yeah, yeah. This is a me yep. thing, mm -hmm. not rather than the thing that you did. Yeah, this which is, is how it always is. Cause right. like I'll even get to that pitch and tone outside. And then all of a sudden I'll look around and be like, oh, we're in a Korean place and I look like a piece of shit right. with tattoos being a piece of shit. I look like a fucking yep. crazy person. I look like the gangpe that they all right. think that I am. Who can't control themselves. Yep. Mm -hmm. And exactly. And I'm not saying she's manipulating the situation. I don't know her. There was a time where I, and I think that was the reason why I allowed myself to get angry was because I think at some point I thought it was a manipulation, a power play. Right. Oh, my power, the way that I look is more important than making sure my son's okay. Like right. that's where my anger came from. Right. But I think now, and the reason why I think it'll be different, hopefully, because I'm going to work on it, is because I'm going to keep looking at my mom as how she is. Yeah. She's this elderly woman now. I see her having a hard time, like, remembering things a little sure. bit. It's not, like, bad. But, like, yeah. you know, enough for yeah, to the, have senior brain, you yeah, know? Yeah. And... I, and then, like, then that thought immediately goes towards, like, well, how much time do we even have together? You know what I mean? And, like, yeah. those are things that I think I should have picked up on. And maybe, like, I did pick up on them. And the thought of her mortality was also part of the anger. Maybe. You know what I mean? Like, because she would say things like, you know, I'm going to come visit. Like, who even knows how many of these I have? And I was like, why? What's going on? What's, yeah. Is something wrong? Is everything right. okay? Or are you just being like you know, just generally like life is short, life right. is fleeting, you know, like, right. so I don't know. And like, the other thing that happened is my mom's best friend that lives here. This aunt has probably been more of an aunt to me than most of my blood relatives outside of maybe my youngest aunt. She's the one, I think I talked about it before. Like she's the one that bought me all of my like Nintendo, yeah. the Nintendo games, yeah. my super Nintendo. She wanted like, you to be a kid. All of it, my skateboard, all of it. Knowing how strict my mother was, she's the one that taught me how to be a kid, like you said. Yeah. And then even as I got older, I used to drive past her house to go to my job in Santa Monica. So like every once in a while, knowing that she lived alone, on my way back home, I would just stop by. Right. Just hang out with her. And it was during those moments that she would tell me some of the stuff that I didn't know about my own family. Mm-hmm. You know, she'd be like, don't tell your mom I told you, but like, this is what happened when your mom got pregnant with you. Mm -hmm. This is what happened between your mom and your dad. Mm -hmm. Like, this is what happened like when your mom tried, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff that like my mom never told me because she views it as shame. Right. And stuff that she had to survive through. Right. Like that's the, like my, that, this aunt, that's my mom's best friend, is the one who told me a bunch of stuff, right. you know? And like her daughter's the one who gave me the name Edward when I was born, you know? She's like eight years older than I am. So like she, this, she's like her family means a lot. And she has gotten um, Alzheimer's mm. recently. I'm and so in like sorry. the last That's like hard. two years, her family, she and her daughter moved to New York because right. her daughter is like her only child, but like, she's like a boss. Yeah. You know, she's like a CEO, this crazy big company. And like, so she moved with her mom when she got the job, like last year, like I haven't seen her in a year. And I just saw her like two weeks ago when I, you know, my mom went to go hang out with her somewhere. And like the amount that 
the Alzheimer's has taken effect on her in the last year. I think a lot of these things, I'm just like, it, it keeps, like, it's the cheesiest thing, but it's like that stupid saying from that stupid soap opera, Days of Our Lives. <laughs> it's like sands through the hourglass. Right. Like, you're just trying to, like, time is just like the sand that you're trying to hold in your hands as it just slips out from under you. Right. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's nothing you can do about it. And then, like, I'm not... I'm not like having a midlife crisis where I'm thinking about my mortality. I'm like having a life crisis thinking about like all the adults. Sure. You know? Of course. And I think about my parents dying every single day, every single day. And it usually happens late, late at night yeah. when I'm alone by myself or I'm trying to fall asleep. And it's the only thing I can think about. And I think like, Oh my God. Or like if my phone rings at any time of the day, I'm, Oh my God, something happened to daddy. Da my mom, she fell again. And it's it consumes you. And I know you're saying you're not going through a midlife crisis. That's part of it. <laughs> That's part of it is understanding our mortality and in relation to the people in our lives and not just about us disappearing, but them. And, you know... I think that's such a human human thing. And I think it's because we start to recognize our own mortality. Yeah. We see it in everybody else and we see it happening very quickly with our parents, you know? And, you know, when my dad forgets something or my mom, you know, she fainted and went to the emergency room, like you, it consumes me. It, 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 I feel like I am, I have an elephant sitting on my chest and I like cannot breathe and I just, I panic. And then, and then I, those things manifest in my life in different ways. And it, it's, this is all part of growing up, you know, and, yeah. and it's the hardest, saddest thing. But I think about that show, The Good Place. Did you ever watch The Good Place? Yeah, I did. You it's, love that show. I do. <laughs> I, it's my comfort show. But I think about it as like, it's so true. Human beings, we walk around with some degree of sadness all the time because we know someday it's all just going to end and we don't know what happens after it. Yeah. You know, and, and I think in relation to you and your mom, obviously it's not all going to just be fucking sunshine and roses, but like getting to the understanding that she also comes as a package deal, all of the stuff that she says and all of the things that she can't say come from a lifetime twice as long as yours of being that way, uh -huh. you know? And it's like to expect that because you've arrived at certain places in your mental and emotional growth that people have also been on that same journey is an unfair expectation. You know, yeah. I often yeah, expect yeah. like, I've grown, I've matured, I've changed, I, I've understood these things about myself and you don't, okay, why would they? They're on a very different journey. They're yeah. on a very different path. Maybe that's where some of my anger came from, tied in with the fact that I'm like- You resent it. That also with the fact that I was like, some of it was just frustration of being like, don't you want to squash this before it's too late? Right. You know what I mean? Right. But, you know, we also can't live our lives <laughs> dooming ourselves at every turn, you know, because yeah, that's, that's also no way to live. No, you know, that's not living. I mean, that's just packing fucking ice into a refrigerator. <laughs> 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 <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> Which we, we did. <laughs> and we can't, but we can't do it every day. Yeah. We prepare for the worst hope for the best. That's really funny that this has become actually like the overarching, you know, theme of the show, but that's, that's how I have to see it. Otherwise you can't get through every day. You can't get through every day, just gloom and death and mortality. And why can't we all just have the same feelings? 
It doesn't work that way, yeah. man. Fuck if it does. It doesn't, you know? And so to the, uh, the only expectations I have for other people, you know, and that's the whole thing about boundaries, right? Your boundaries are not what you set for other people. Your boundaries are what you set for yourself. My boundary is when I hear these words from you, this is how I'm going to react. You can do whatever you want, but just understand that that's my reality. Yeah. When you say that you, and you keep harping on this thing where I didn't say that and you continually say it over and over and over again, I'm going to leave the room. I'm going to walk away because if I don't, I will yell. And it's not about her. Yeah. It's not about what your mom says. She's gonna say and do whatever she wants. She has to understand. Do that if that's what you want to do. But understand, I'm fucking leaving the room. I'm yeah. I'm gonna go get in my car and take a 20 minute drive. Yeah. Cause that's not I'm not doing this anymore. That that's you know what I I it's hard. setting boundaries with somebody in their 80s is not easy. They're like, all right, well fuck you then. <laughs> like, yeah. okay, well then that's that. Yeah, it's tough, and I I feel like. A part of it is also because like, I think I'm not like getting scared to lose these people because like, I'm still the kid in the dynamic. Right. That's the identity I have. I'm right. not anyone's father, not anyone's husband. I'm not anyone's partner. You know what I mean? So like my identity is still like business partner, this person and kid. kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I think a lot of my fear comes from like, if they're gone, I'm yeah. alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like just, that. just alone. And I think that's the thing that like makes me feel sad. And then that's frustration gets, you know, fed back in. And I think that's what I keep having to, what I realizing from this conversation is that I think the thing I have to remind myself is not only is my mom getting older, but like, I want to focus on like having good memories towards the end as, sad, yeah. as those words sound, but like sure. even There's the idea of that. like, you know, ghosts, have like unfinished business. Like I want my mom to be at peace. Like yeah. I want her to know that I like, I'm not angry at her. But you have to also understand that her idea of peace might not be the same as your idea of peace. And so kind That's of fair. putting on her the way that you think her peace should be achieved is also unfair, right? Maybe she is at peace with certain aspects or forcing her to see the things that yeah. you think need to be addressed might not be her way of peace. It might not be, who knows, you know, but forcing her yeah. or anger towards her because of it. Yeah. And I guess that's what I'm trying to say too, is, is that like stress for anyone is bad. Of course. As we all know, stress causes diseases, yeah. you know, stuff like that. And especially at that older age, you know, if I want my mom to live longer, if I want her to see live long enough to like watch me have, hopefully have a family and stuff right. and hopefully have those re realizations watching me raise my kids, you know, then like something has to change. What if you just asked her, Hey mom, what would be your idea of peace? Let's cause we all know we're going to leave this earth someday. And we all know that, you know, we never know when that's going to happen. If it were to happen, what would you think, how, how would you achieve that state of peace before you left this earth? What would be, well, you know, and I, I think that's a fair question, you know, and I might call my dad now. He'll be like, you're crazy. Yeah, <laughs> What's it's just wrong like, with you? my mom's going to be like, <laughs> <laughs> of course, yeah. this is stupid. But that's again, and, and that's the thing too, is like, maybe not talking about it would bring them peace. 
Maybe if we just shut the fuck up and stop forcing them to do, to you know deprogram themselves, maybe that would bring them peace. I don't know. Even, I don't know. Even hearing you say that, I'm having these thoughts of being like, well, as a parent, wouldn't your peace come from knowing that you brought your child peace? But that's the thing. Those are the things that I have to quelch, I feel like, because not only am I putting that on my mom, but I'm also putting her back on that pedestal of being responsible for everything. Right. There it is. Yeah. And also you're you're putting your piece on her piece. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So defining her piece. Right. Yeah. And also obviously as a parent, yes, my piece is definitely knowing that my kids right. are happy and, and taken care of and all those things. But like if everyone waited But I got till other shit too. Yeah. If we all waited till children were perfect, no, no one would die. And also like Maybe my idea of peace isn't just one dimensional. My idea of peace isn't just about my children. My idea of peace has a lot to do with myself and my other relationships and my mark on this world and other things that have happened before my children were even a thought in my mind. It's not just about that. And I think that's a really difficult thing to realize as a child is like, I'm not the only thing. Wait, your idea of dying in peace isn't just about me being happy? Yeah. Well, what? That, that's the confusing part, though, is, is I think, and this was probably where my mom was a little bit at fault, is she did make me feel like I was everything. Even when we were fighting that, when we were, like, yelling at her that yeah. other night, the one thing that did trigger me a little bit was she kept being like, I did everything for you. And I kept telling her, I was like, if it was for me, then you would have realized how the things you're doing are affecting So me. then I guess we can say that that's probably not the case. And yeah. you have just been the person she's deflecting all of her other shit on. Yes. And I don't know that she can find peace knowing just, just solely that you're happy and taken care of when there's all that other shit that she clearly hasn't addressed. So, again, that's why I say maybe that's her true. idea of peace has- Doesn't even involve me. Yeah. Or it does. I mean, it does. I'm sure not. A You're little, probably the yeah, nucleus yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's yeah. all that other shit other swirling stuff. around too. Yeah, like her whole life before. Yeah. Me. yeah and yeah. maybe her finding peace is just knowing that, you know, X, Y, and Z. Who knows? Who knows? And I think everybody's idea of peace and their, and their final times of life are going to be different. And I think a lot of people too, even, you know, those of us with children, try to convince themselves that their peace is only about their children. When it's not, yeah. there's a lifetime of shit that you didn't, that you're putting on your kid yeah, yeah, yeah. to feel peace. Yeah. That's the bullshit. Overcompensating the other yeah, way. That's yep. bullshit. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put all my shit on my kids. No. I'm not going to put the fact that if my kids grow up to be seemingly, you know, ideally good or bad all on just me or, or you know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it's not just one thing. Right. It's so many things yeah, yeah. and putting that responsibility on them and then in turn on myself, that just, that's just a deflection. That's just distracting me from other shit, you know, cause there's a lot of stuff about me that I need to work on stuff that I need to, to figure out and really dissect in my, within myself. There's nothing to do with my kids, Yeah, but I project a lot of that shit onto them mm -hmm. and that's, you know, it's being human. Yeah. You know? and being human is fucking weird and hard and painful and sad and scary and fun and exciting and strange. And short. <laughs> and short. <laughs> yeah. And, and like shorter every day. I agree. And, you know, to tie it all in and to also not end on such a crying note, <laughs> but it also makes sense with what we're talking about. But have you seen 
any of this stuff about that dementia cafe in Japan? No, but are you trying to end on a happy note talking about dementia? <laughs> like, yeah, okay, that you sounds... Have a, you have a that really does, weird brain, That does Ed. sound weird. Okay, let's not be sad, but do you know about the people in Japan <laughs> with all the fucking dementia? Oh, That's not what I said. Fun. Wait, there's a cafe in Japan where they only employ elderly people with dementia. Okay, okay. That doesn't make me feel better. Oh, wait, okay, maybe, maybe it was, happy wasn't the best word. But there is a, and like the whole point is that like we are validating and acknowledging these people where normally society shuns them shuns and just them, wants to hide them and hide them in a box. Exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hides them in like a community center or whatever and just is like, Whatever, we visit this person Under the rug. a couple times a year, kind of a thing. Oh. You know, but there's this cafe. I'm just imagining these little Japanese grandmas and grandpas. And they are. There's videos of it where, like, it's called the Restaurant of Mistaken Orders. <laughs> so they literally embrace the fact that whatever you order, <laughs> you're going to make me cry again, is probably going to get <laughs> messed up. Oh, God. So real quick, this is what their website says. You may think it's crazy, a restaurant that can't even get your order right. Oh, this is going to make us cry. All of our servers are people living with dementia. Oh. They may or may not get your order right. <laughs> Stop, you're making me cry. However, rest assured that even if your order is mistaken, everything on our menu is delicious and one of a kind. This we guarantee. It's okay if my order was wrong. It tastes so good anyway. We hope this feeling of openness and understanding will spread across Japan and through the world. <laughs> and they've been they've been going viral because there's videos of, you know, these elderly oh, people serving these God. people. And I think it's heartwarming that there's a part of society that's choosing to embrace and celebrate these people who normally are viewed as a burden <sighs> or something to be forgotten or hidden away. And like people are prioritizing validating others over your eggs their being own done gratitude and their, their, their or, own self gratitude yeah, or and, gratification rather. And I, and I think there's like, maybe it's just happy somewhat for me because like, it's something that I know that I want to like learn from and grow from like this restaurant, you know, this whole idea that like, it's not about you. And that's, that's what I'm saying all the time. Right. And it doesn't always have to be about you and you don't have to, it's the, the analogy of getting your order right being by somebody who has, you know, dementia is like the perfect thing, right? Exactly. You rely, you, you demand it from, from somebody who likely cannot give that to you. This is the perfect analogy for yeah, you and your mom. That's what I mean. You know, it's perfect. Now you know what I meant when I say it's a great I was like, what are we talking about dementia, you fucking asshole? I went through this whole episode and didn't cry within an hour and 18 minutes and didn't cry, fucker. <laughs> But yeah, that's a perfect analogy. Expecting perfection from somebody who cannot give it to you. Yeah. And instead, likely not choosing to see compassion, compassion and choosing those things is like one of the worst jobs I ever had, which is the same job that I met Ron at. Our boss was horrible. He was this, you know, the majority type who hired. So I went into this job interview thinking like, oh, I'm Asian. I'm going to get hired, you know? I walked in, there was like 20 Asian people in the office. And then- You're so unique, Ed. Yeah, I know. And then after a while, I ended up becoming our boss's like somewhat golden child for a little bit because I was like, you know, producing a lot and stuff. 
and he and I went on a one-on-one car along. Like he came with me on the road for all my meetings that day. And this is what this motherfucker said. He goes, I minored in Asian studies in college. We went to the same college. And he goes, I realized that Asian people just have such a great work ethic. And that's why he hired all these Asian people. But even with all that bullshit, he said one thing that really has stuck with me. And he's always been this proponent who said that you're always in control of two things at all times. Your attitude and your activity. Attitude is how you choose to intake what happened to you. And then activity is what you choose to outwardly do going forward. Right. And like as piece of a shit as that guy was, that thing is true. You know what I mean? And like the cafe, all of it is true. It's like choosing to see things through compassion lens, humanizing people. And I'm not saying that in a way where like it like takes away from any trauma or pain that people have caused you. But at a certain point you have to realize or like decide what is most important to you. And if, keeping that relationship is true, then you have to choose one of those, like fix at least one, if not both of those things, right. you know, your attitude and your activity. I'm choosing to end the episode because I have to go. <laughs> so. I have to be home by six. I'm not going to make it. Oh yeah. With that being said, uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> we hope you learned something today. Yeah. I know I did. Well, thank you for being here for this. The trauma dump. Yeah. <laughs> I really do appreciate it. If it helps you guys. That's great. But you guys are actually helping me a lot. But with that being said, please make sure you follow us on our socials. You can find me at Sujio one on Instagram and TikTok. And I'm at your sketch with a J and you can find the podcast at what in the Shiba. And please make sure you write in with any questions, uh, topics about being an asshole, whatever to one in the Shiba at gmail.com. Otherwise make sure you watch us on our YouTube. Give us a like, subscribe and ring that bell. Just ding today. Ding, ding. ding. <laughs> Otherwise, thank you so much. And we'll see you on the next one. Okay, okay bye. bye.